Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. What's going on, everybody? Uh, come on in right fast. It's a quick pop-up. Uh, I'm going to take a few questions tonight, just some Ask the Bishop questions. Uh, it's Love Month, so we'll take them on relationships, dating, marriage, all of that, sex, all of that. We'll talk about that. Um, I'll do um, questions on that and then anything else beyond that, business, ministry, what have you. What's going on, y'all? Come on in. I just want to come to you real quick. I hope you're doing good. Just doing a quick uh, Ask the Bishop tonight. Shamon in. I'll ask your questions. How do I make the question thing come up? I guess I got to do it. Use the question mark uh, uh, item at the bottom. Use the question mark at the bottom of your screen and then uh, and then type whatever your question is in and then I'll get the question answered for you. All right. Come on in. We're just going to spend about 15 minutes tonight. Let me say this. What's going on with you? Shalom to you. Shalom, everybody. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Come on in. Um, tell me where you're watching from when you come on in. And uh, listen, let me just say this about church tomorrow night. It's going to be amazing uh, in Denver. Shamo, it's going to be amazing in Denver. If you're in Denver, you can get in the building. If you're not in Denver, you can watch online any of our digital campuses. We'd love to have you tomorrow night. We're in this series called Love Songs. It's been amazing. Um, and tomorrow night's message is uh, based off of If It Isn't Love by New Edition. Come on. It's going to be good. Somebody says Netflix officially paused. Come on and pause it right fast. Come on, Fayetteville. Just doing final assignments. Have to pull it all night. You got to do it. Come on, ATL. What's going on, ATL? Is the weather bad? I'm told it's not bad in ATL. I'm told it's just bad everywhere else in the South. How's the weather in Atlanta? Um, Y'all come on in. I got several, several, we have several um, uh, harvesters that are in the Dallas area. And uh, we know it was getting kind of rough down there in Dallas, like rolling power outages, even in Houston, the same thing. So I hope everybody in Texas is good. Come on, Idaho, Columbus, South Carolina. Sakalana, come on in. Guys, use the question uh, thing below. C Canada weather is always bad. Oh my God, listen, I, I could only imagine. Shalom, it's midnight, head wrapped in bed, watching from Virginia. Come on, I know it's midnight. I know it's midnight. I know it is late over there, but I wanted to uh, just come uh, come live. We're good in ATL. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, that is awesome. Um, so listen, tomorrow night's message is if it isn't love, um, it's going to be so good. Hey, Tennessee, what part of Tennessee? Because we've talked to a lot of folks in Tennessee that are having some challenges. Um, one of the things that uh, it's a saying that has stuck with me today, and I want to give it to you while I'm waiting on your questions to come in. I'm going to just take three questions. Um, they can be on relationships, dating. Frankly, actually, you can do them about anything, but I'd like to focus them on that. But you can do them about anything. It's a quick Ask the Bishop tonight. Use the question mark uh, symbol below. It's right here on my device, wherever that is on yours. Miami, 82. Come on, 82. Jesus. I'm for real. Um, sometimes, we y'all ready for this? Sometimes we want to abort the mission when instead you simply need to change the soldiers. Did you hear what I just said? Sometimes instead of aborting the mission, just change the soldiers, because many times there are things that you um, you're pursuing, you want to accomplish, you want to get done. 
And uh, if you don't have what you think you need, you'll think you're not supposed to do it. And sometimes you need not to abort the mission, but you do need to simply change the soldiers. And uh, uh, let me just tell you that that is stuck with me uh, all throughout today um, because, um, you know, uh, many times whenever you're trying to accomplish something great, you, um, you, you know, you have people who do certain things, people who sit in certain seats. And sometimes you want to just abort the whole mission and you don't need to abort the mission. Sometimes you just got to change the soldiers out. So for some of you, I need you to really evaluate the people in your life for one or three things. I got room for two more questions real quick. Then I'm going to take them. And we're out of here. 1015, we're off. Um, 1015 Mountain, 1215 Eastern. Are people milk, wine, or poison? Uh, I was doing, uh, I was recording the segment for Cheryl Underwood Radio. I'm going to be on uh, on uh, doing her show this week. Great, excited about that. I sent that over to who uh, does that today, and they responded saying, Bishop, it was amazing. Uh, the segment really blessed me. And one of the things I'm going to be talking about is, right, change the soldiers. One of the things I'm going to be talking about is milk, wine, or poison. Milk spoils over time. Milk um, is good in, in a certain stage of life. But did you not know milk isn't actually even um, for adults? It was a, I got room for one more question, guys. If you got to use the question mark, got to get it submitted, then I'm going to ask, answer it. Milk, actually, literally in our human bodies, milk was not actually designed for adults. It's for children. Adult bodies do not have lactase in them. Lactase is what's used to for the body to process lactose, which is why you find many adults that are lactose intolerant. They didn't have this intolerance as children because milk is for kids. I need somebody to type that on the screen. Milk is for kids. Milk is for kids. Um, so consequently, it was a mutation in our bodies that allowed uh, for us thousand years ago that allowed adults to be able to process milk. Check this out, which means this is why the apostle Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke like one, I reasoned like one, I thought like one. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Check this out. In other words, what he was saying is there was a certain time where I could have milk relationships in my life. But then I had to become a man. What does that mean? Being a male is by choice or by uh, birth. Being a man is by choice. Uh, being a woman is by birth. Being a lady is by choice. And so consequently, um, milk isn't even for adults. There are certain relationships that what ha and the reason lactose intolerant is because you, you, adult bodies, everybody doesn't everybody listen. Everybody's body doesn't have the mutation that allows them to digest milk. It's a mutation of an adult's biological structure to be able to actually process and digest milk, which means what you think is lactose intolerant or a negative thing, that's actually the way the human body was originally designed to be. What does that natural principle teach us? It teaches us something very deep spiritually. It teaches us um, that you literally have to have a mutation in your emotions to be able to deal with milk relationships. And I want to encourage everybody in your next, and I've hit my question limit, in your next, um, um, in your next, well, you don't have time for milk relationships. So I see somebody out there taking notes. You really should take notes on this. Um, you don't have time for milk relationships. I literally have to have a mutation in my emotional structure in order to deal with milk relationships. Milk relationships, they deteriorate over time. Milk spoils over time. It's good until a certain date and then it has to be thrown out. And many of you, you keep milk around. Watch me because milk relationships 
they they um, they were good when you were at a certain level of maturity, but they have no they no longer serve you. And you ready or them? Come on, they no longer serve you nor them. That's why every time y'all talk, the t come on, let's talk. The the talk is dry. Let's talk. Come on, the interaction is dry. Um, you, you you literally you see them on the phone. Oh God, here they go. Who am I talking to? It's a dry interaction because it's sour. It no longer is good for you or, nor them, but neither one of you will come to the realization that this is, no, this is not productive. And can I be honest with you? A lot of the milk relationships will be people that have been very close to you. That some of them will be your family. Guys, there's a difference between family and relatives. There is a difference between family and relatives. Jesus redefines family and relatives. Um, and there's a time where Jesus is preaching. I said, I'm going to be out here 10, 15. I got to hurry up. There's a time when Jesus was up preaching and while he's preaching, his mother and his brothers, they come up and, and they get one of Jesus guys attention and say, Hey, we need to talk to Jesus. Let this be a lesson. Jesus did not involve his family in his ministry, which was also his business. And I need for many of you to hear me, stop bringing people in places that they are not qualified to be. Come on. You keep bringing people in place. They're not good at business. Why are they doing? Why are you doing business with them? They are not good at the thing that you keep get putting them in the seat to sit in and they can't produce. Y'all ain't talking to me tonight on this Instagram live. Like, stop it. Can I get some of y'all to put that stop sign up or stop it? Like, stop it. Stop it. Um, so Jesus did not invite them to be a part of his ministry, which was also his business. That was his vocation and his occupation. Bishop, how do you know that was his business? Judas was his treasure. Judas counted Jesus' money. Um, you don't need a treasure to count your money unless you're bringing in significant revenue. All right. That's number one. Um, but in that, Jesus, um, um, they say, uh, Jesus, your mother and brother are outside. They want to talk to you. Jesus said, who is my mother and my brother? He's, then he points to his 12 and he says, this is my mother and my brother. And then he adds, and my sister's. Whoever does the will of my father, this, these are my mother, brother, and sisters. In other words, this is, these are my, this is my family. There's a difference between family and relatives. I've taught this before, but can I be honest with you? This is a principle you got to hear like a hundred times. Then it finally, ooh, it finally clicks and you get it. It finally clicks and you get it. Um, and so many of the relationships that are milk will be people that have your blood. But they spoil over time. And I saw somebody, I think it was Earl, put up a great comment. It's because there's a commonality. Like my, 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 my longest uh, term friend is Bishop Bright. Bishop Bright and I have been friends for 14, going on 15 years. Bishop Bright, uh, who you wore the same shirt to the gym. Actually, I was in the gym this evening. I didn't have this on, but I was in the gym this evening. This is my after gym shirt. And, um, but anyway, um, and so he and I have been friends for 14, going on 15 years. I respect him. I honor him and vice versa. Um, uh, he and I are, 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 are like this. I mean, you know, he's a great man, a guy, great wife, great kid. And, uh, but I honor and respect him because you cannot receive from what you don't respect. So while one moment I'm joking with him in the next moment, I can go right into respect mode. Y'all ain't said that to me tonight. And that's so important in life. Um, because many of the people that you grow close with, they can be give, there can begin to be a commonality where they don't know how to respect you in the different areas and you don't know how to respect them. 
Everybody cannot be your friend and business partner. In fact, most often than not, you, you got to be careful doing business with friends because they will think that it's a license to be sloppy because you they friend. Y'all don't want to talk now. They will think that it's a license to be sloppy because you're their buddy. All right. So some relationships are milk. They spoil over time. Number two, and this I talked about, uh, this will be in the show, Underwood. So y'all stay connected with me on social media. We'll post uh, when it goes. I think it's this Saturday when it airs. And Cheryl Underwood, her show is in a bunch of different, a uh, bunch of different markets. It's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. All right, number two, some relationships, y'all type this, are uh, uh, poison. Let's go here, milk, wine, poison. But we'll go poison next. Some relationships are poison. Poison relationships, literally, they are toxic. It is not just that it's dry; it's that it's detrimental. Um, dealing with them makes you worse. Got it. And, and and the reality is there are certain people, there are certain people when I really thought about this, I had to say, you know what? That is low-key poison. And can I be honest with you? Many times you will ignore that it's poisonous because think of bleach. When when something bleaches, uh, I wear a lot of A shirts. People call them wife beaters. I don't like calling them that because I don't like speaking that in the atmosphere. You know, men don't not beat on women. I don't like that. And I know it's just a slang term. I just don't like saying it. So I don't say it. I call them A shirts, which is their technical term. All right, A shirts. Um, and so on the A shirt, um, I had some bleach get into a um, a, a load of laundry, and some of my A shirts had bleach stains on them. Now here's the truth. Y'all ready for this? This is gonna be good. I kept wearing the shirt, even though I could see it was bleached. Something toxic got on it. I kept I kept wearing it because the the por the portion that was bleached was small, and I could cover it up. Y'all ain't talking. Many times there are relationships that are po they're poison, but the truth is is because the poison we don't see it out of sight. It's out of mind. Who am I talking to tonight? Like if you step back, there are some people like just dealing with the, it's just toxic. It's toxic. It's toxic. Like you literally, you ready? You literally don't think the best about them. You automatically think negative about them. You automatically think they are trying to get over. You automatically think they're intentionally ignorant. You automatically think things and, and, and like you don't think good things. Who am I talking to tonight? You're like, listen, the truth is I really don't. I ain't really feeling you. I'm going to keep it, you know, PG. You know, am I talking to tonight? And because, because it's a little small piece of toxicity, like we don't pay attention to it. Here's what I discovered is that those shirts that have that, that's, they'll begin to rip. And then all of a sudden, one day, I remember I was putting one on and all of a sudden I heard the, the A shirt rip and it ripped right where that, that bleach stain was because what was toxic eventually tore it apart. Come on, y'all. What was toxic eventually tore it apart. It was small, but it, it literally tore something apart. So how do you deal with poison? Um, there are some relationships, there's some toxins and some poisons where you can flush it out with water. Um, there are certain things where enough water, water in the Bible represents the spirit. There are certain things that, that can turn because what's poisonous is the past interactions with them. That's what's made it poisonous. And sometimes what you have to do is take a stop and you have to wash that thing and, and move forward. Some, some can be like that. Can I be honest with you? Most, they're not going to be that way because really what made it toxic, you ready for this, is that there's a lack of trust. Where y'all at tonight? 
What made it toxic is that there's a lack of trust. You really don't trust them. Who am I talking to tonight? Where my comments go? This thing stopped on me. What makes it toxic is you really don't trust. You really don't trust them. And your lack of trust for them, it, it literally, it takes your energy. It takes your effort. It takes your time. Because you, you listen, you start trying to monitor your words around them. You, I don't really want to say everything around them because I know there's people that I know here. Listen to me. If you are a friend of someone that is my enemy, you are my enemy. That's what Jesus said. That's Bible. That's Bible. Um, that's Bible. Um, but the, the truth is, and, and so you monitor what you say. You monitor what you do. You 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 are trying to think about well, I, oh, I better not show them this. I better not this. It's 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 too much, right? And there's 7 billion people on the planet. The last type of relationship that I was supposed to be done three minutes ago is wine. And I pray that your next 12 months, you have wine relationships. Wine relationships get better over time. These are relationships that improve over time. Now, here's what I discovered is that some wines have a little bitterness to them. Um, um, but as the wine matures, the bitterness is tapered and it's now sweet, which means there's going to be some relationships where the stretching, the challenging, the pulling, it's actually going to make the relationship better. It's going to refine your relationship. How many of you know you got some wine? I have some wine relationships in my life. I have some wine people that are in my life where uh, th there's been a stretching, there's been a growing. Um, there's been some moments where there's been some tension, but that tension actually allowed for things to triumph and be better. And that's my prayer for you. And I, I want you to pray that, that you have wine relationships in your next 12. You don't have time for milk relationships. Milk is for kids. And you and I did a whole message. You can go look, get it in our app. How do you get our app? Text the word harvest to 55498 to get our app. And um, I did a whole message called milk, wine or poison. I think there's a part one and a part two um, that, that really speaks to this. Um, you don't have time for poisonous relationships. Like that's a lot of energy. I, I really thought about it as I was at the gym day. I really thought about it. I said, you know, that's a lot of energy to put into people. I don't like, <laughs> come on. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. That's a lot of energy. Um, that's a lot of energy. That's a lot of energy to put into individuals that the truth is you don't trust them. That the truth is you don't, you, you, you would not leave your wallet with them. You would not leave, you, listen, you, you would not leave personal information with them. That's too much. All right, let me do these three questions and we out of here. Did that bless anybody? That was good. That was good. That little segment, this little 20 minute segment, that's good. Like that's a whole good thing. All right. Um, so get that. Can I get a few y'all to type that on, on, on the screen? Text the word harvest to five, five, four, nine, eight. And uh, you can get our app music messages and more. Tomorrow night's going to be amazing. Tomorrow night is going to be amazing. I believe in Jesus name. All right, let's go. What we got? All right. See, I told y'all this is how y'all do. It takes forever for these questions to get in. And then when they get in, there's a hundred of them. All right. Here we go. First question. How do you fight the enemy from attacks? Um, how do you fight the enemy from attacks on your progress and your process? Great thing. So you're everybody. Listen, you don't fight the enemy. Please type that on the screen. You do not fight the enemy. Nowhere in the scripture does the Bible say 
that you are to fight the enemy. Here's the fight you fight. You fight the good fight of faith. Your fight is not a fight with the enemy. Your fight is a fight with faith. Faith, one of the Greek words for faith is pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, which means truth. Truth is what God says about it. You want to know who the real fight is with? It is with you. Got it? You don't fight a, a defeated foe. Like, guess what? Um, um, let me put it like this. Like this. In the Super Bowl, like, you have to go through, you know, regular season. What's regular season? 16 games. Then you have postseason. And then, you know, the, uh, uh, I think I'm finals or, I don't know, <laughs> playoff. Playoffs. The playoffs. I used to be really into football. I ain't now. The playoffs. And then you go to Super Bowl. All right, check this out. You don't get to play in the Super Bowl if you lost in the regular season. Do y'all hear me? You don't get to do that. The enemy has already been defeated by God. You got me? So he doesn't even get to come and he doesn't even get to, we're not fighting him. The Lord has already defeated him. Our fight is the fight of faith. That's what the scripture says. So what does this look like? This looks like whenever you are in your process. Now that doesn't mean that there's not attacks. It just means my fight is not with the enemy. My fight is with me. It is with me. It is to get me focused. It is to get me on track. It is to get me moving forward. It is to get me making progress, right? I don't turn around to fight him. What I do is I fight for it. It's the fight of faith. That's the fight. You put up your dukeroos and you fight, right? You cannot fight somebody that lost in the regular season. You're not even in my game, sucker. You're not even in my game because you lost and you lost big, right? So that's your fight. So in your process, here's what he will do, though. Here's what he will do. You ready? He will introduce doubt. He'll, uh, fear will be introduced. Um, this, the scripture says that he's the accuser of the brethren. He'll accuse you to yourself. He'll accuse you to God. Well, I guess you, I guess you ain't as spiritual as you said. Why are you going through this? He'll accuse you. He uses prosecutorial tac tactics. In order to get you to plead guilty to something you didn't do. Shut up. Come on. He uses prosecutorial tactics to get you to confess something negative. That's why they say whatever you say can and will be used against you in the court of law. That's the way that works. So don't over glorify the enemy. Right. Don't do that. Instead, what you have to do is stop confessing to stuff that ain't true. Instead, like tomorrow night's message and Sunday's message. Somebody says, thank you, Bishop. You're preaching my whole day. Come on here. Sunday's message and tomorrow night's message, guys, don't miss church. There's something that I wrote in that message, specifically the Lord spoke, that's so powerful that will speak to that question even more. All right, let me move on to this next question. Here we go. When you get very discouraged legitimately, uh, legitimately what would you advise in terms of dealing with this? Listen, can I be very honest with you guys? Discouragement is something I have to combat against daily, daily. Um... It's life. Say la vie, the French say. And so what you have to do whenever you're dealing with discouragement is one, anticipate it. Can I get a few of you to type that on the screen? Anticipate it. I anticipate something trying to come to discouragement. That's what the Bible says. And David encouraged himself in the Lord. If you're not being discouraged, I, want, I doubt you're making progress. Discouragement is the natural tension that you run up against when you're progressing. Did you see that what I just did with my hands? It is discouragement is the natural tension that you run up against when you are making progression. So like I anticipate it, right? I anticipate it. I know right after church, 
Uh, let me tell you sometimes when, when I, right after Monday night prayer, I know, I know that something is going to, so I counteract it. I'm ready for it. I'm like, where you at? Where you, I will not, I will beat your head to the white meat. I'm ready to go. I know it. Got it? Um, after a, 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 uh, after major victory, I'm like, where you at? Mm -mm. Where you at? I'm celebrating the victory, but I will bust you in the head. Where you at? Right? Um, after, after, you know, uh, those types of things. So number one, I'm anticipating it. Um, number two, let me just make it ABC. Number two, uh, in terms of the B, um, I beat it. How do you beat it? It's very simple. If this is the natural tension, then what I do is I go harder. I go harder. Um, the wrong thing to do to somebody like me is to try to stop me because I'll go harder. I'll go harder. Uh, I had I was telling um, one of the adjutants today about something that had happened and I had them to send another message for something. And because I, I dig in. Wrong thing to do is to stop me. I dig in. I have a, we have tons of projects going on right now. We've got Atlanta. We've got stuff at Aurora. We've got renovations. Plus, we've got production uh, upgrades. Plus, we've got all of these staffing um, things and all of the interviews and all of that. All the tons and tons of people that apply. I mean, there, there's, so, there's so many projects that are going on. Plus, regular Sunday and Wednesday. Plus, prayer. Plus, just the day-to-day -day things. Plus, just plus, plus, plus. So, so what I have learned is that if something comes against me, I'm going, I'm going to grow harder. So you should just leave me alone. That's the best thing to do. Because if you come up over here, you're going to get ran through. So A, anticipate it. Two, beat it. And then C, your confession. Like, what do you confess about it? What are you speaking? What are you saying? Those things matter. Those things matter. It's not that I just, I know who I am in Christ. That's not a confession. Like that, that's not a confession. That's nothing like Christians say stuff. Can I be honest with you? This is why I preach the way I preach. Because when you go up in church, you would talk to say a lot of stuff that doesn't even make sense. Uh, okay, I know who I am in Christ. Okay, great. Who are you? That's like saying, I know how to sit. Okay, but are you sitting down? Like, I know how to paint. Okay, but the wall still ain't painted. Like, it doesn't matter that you know. It doesn't matter that you know. What matters is, is, is what you confess. So here's a better confession that I know who I am in Christ. Here it is. Uh, a better confession is I'm strong. Let the weak say I am strong. So when do I say I'm strong? When I feel weak. Let the poor say I am rich. Um, your confession has got to be on point. Um, a, anticipate it. Two, beat it. Three, confess it. Like it's not enough to say I'm, I'm a child of God. So what? Okay. Ike Jr. is Ike's son. Like, what I mean, what, do you, what is your point? I don't know if he can play the guitar or not. Like, what is the point? Like, Christians say stuff sometimes. Like, what is your point? Does this make any sense? Right? Instead, it's got to be because I'm a child of the king, I'm a king and a priest. I rule, I reign, I conquer, I subdue, I make it happen. Right? It's not enough to make these abstract statements that actually have no point. You know, I know where I'm headed. Well, where are you going? I wish y'all would be honest with me tonight. Because Christians say the darndest things sometimes. I know I'm headed to a good future. Well, when are you going to get there? Come on, boo. Let's put a timetable on this thing. Huh? Like when you get in there. Come on, let's go. Right? You have to be specific. That's what the Bible says, that he is the high priest. Listen, of your confession. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. He's the high priest of your confession. What does high priest mean? He takes your confession before himself, before God. Right? He's the high priest 
God, prophet speaks to God, to people on behalf of God. The priest speaks to God on behalf of the people. The high priest of your confession. God says, I literally will go pray what I heard you say. That's why the scripture says in Chronicles, uh, uh, then I'll hear from heaven. Well, God's speaking. So how do you hear from heaven? Because he's the high priest of your confession. What you say, he prays. Shut up. I'm going to uh, shut up. <laughs> I don't mean it literally, y'all. That's good to be. He's the high priest of what I say. He'll pray what I say. And then it'll reverberate around heaven because that's what he says. All right. So there you go. All right. Let me see. I said three questions. I said I was going to be done 15 minutes ago. Someone said, hola, como estas? Bien, bien. Y tú? Gloria a Dios. Come on. That's all I got for you. That's all I got for you. Should we also be careful not to judge too quickly or too hastily? Especially, oh, this is good. See, okay, I'm going to help you. Now, before I answer this question, Elizabeth, I need you to say stretch, Bishop, stretch. I need you to type that on the screen. Stretch, Bishop. Stretch. I need you to type that on the screen because I'm going to stretch you, but I need you to type stretch on the screen. If you don't type stretch, I'm going to give you a generic uh, uh, bag cereal answer. I ain't going to give you box cereal. I'm going to give you bag cereal answer. Where you at, Elizabeth? Oh, listen, I did finish this one and this two. I just ain't started this three of my Spanish lessons. I'm waiting on you, Elizabeth. Come on, I was just saying it for you, so I'm going to stretch. Okay, so here's the thing, because uh, I don't want to give y'all no, um, no bag cereal. Bag cereal does not taste the same as box cereal. So let me give you a real answer. Many times, oh my God, y'all ready? Are you sure y'all ready for this? All right, let's go. Let's go. Um, many of you all have what's called Stockholm Syndrome. It's a psychological term. Stockholm Syndrome is where you begin to sympathize and empathize and have a heart for the very people that abuse you, misuse you, mistreat you, and would trade you in to anyone who would give them $5 more than you. Did you hear what I just said? Did you hear what I just said? And let me tell you why you have a heart for people like that. We're going to dive in this thing deep. Y'all ready for this? This is going to be really good. Listen, guys, if you haven't shared this, just share this tonight. I only plan on being on for 15 minutes, but let me share this with you. All right. As someone who has done this, I can speak to this with direct authority, not only biblically, but experientially. Um, I can be honest that in my journey as a leader and a pastor, I've been hiring people since I was 12 years old. I have been an employer of people since I was 12 years old. And I, I have poured a lot. That's why messages like Sunday really bless me because sometimes you can think you've wasted and you've not wasted. People don't have the power to use you. Come on, type that on the screen. No one can use me. If you miss Sunday's messages, go watch them in our app. Again, text Harvest to 55498 to get our app. But people, um, people cannot use you. People cannot uh, uh, take advantage of you when you're a Christian because nothing is wasted. The Bible says, knowing that whatever good anyone does, the Lord, he'll receive this back from the Lord. The Lord pays me, but you ain't got enough to pay me back. You don't even have it. This is above your pay grade. You don't even have it, right? Um, and that, that's blessing me. But I was a person... Um, and can I be honest, even there are times where I still have to make sure that I do not do that um, to where I would often um, call myself having a heart for someone. And the reality that one of the mail you messages, though, I know, right? 
One in a Million was amazing. There was a little technical issue. It started out black and white like an old school TV, but that message was awesome too. Um, but listen, guys, um, you can call yourself having a heart from people, and I just love them. And really, you have Stockholm Syndrome. You empathize and sympathize. There's a lot of people who support certain political things that, are, that have Stockholm Syndrome because the people who they support literally use them and abuse them. But they will stand up. They will give their lives for them. They'll do anything these people say. It's Stockholm Syndrome. Many Americans have Stockholm Syndrome where you sympathize and you empathize with um, those that misuse, abuse, and mistreat. And let me give you Bible for this. Why y'all get quiet? Where my comments go? Let me give you Bible for this. David, David at age 16, his father, is this blessing anybody? I need y'all to talk to me. Is this blessing you? If it's blessing you, let me know. David at age 16, um, his father invites um, seven of his sons into the house. Samuel, the man of God, is coming to anoint a new king. The new king, the Lord says, is in Jesse's house. Samuel, the man of God, goes to Jesse's house and he says, there's a king amongst your sons. He brings seven of his sons. They put the oil over him and that oil does not flow. Seven of the sons don't fit. But the, uh, so Samuel says, none of these sons are the one. The oil's not flowing on them. The oil is not flowing on them. Um, so it's not these seven. And let that be a lesson for you all. You will always have more counterfeits than fits. Some of y'all are mad and you haven't even done the math. Like you haven't even gone through seven friends to get you an eighth good one. You ain't even dated. You ain't even dated. You ain't even dated seven people to get you to an eighth. Like you've been on four dates. You 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 know you you dated four people in your life. Like come on. Like you haven't even done the biblical math. You got to go through seven counterfeits to get to a fifth. That's Bible. Hmm? First First Samuel sixteen. So listen. Um, you ain't even gone through it. Like you haven't even gone through enough to get to the biblical numbers. So um, somebody say on the East Coast, this is they listen with their eyes closed. I know, right? It's twelve thirty. But what y'all, what y'all gonna do tomorrow? Go downstairs, go to work. <laughs> go to the dining room to work. No, I know, I know. Some people are not still working from home. I know that I'm giving you a tough time. So uh, Samuel says, "I am not sitting down. Um, is there somebody else here? And you want to know what happens?" He says, "Yeah, my son uh, David's out. Uh, he's out there with the sheep. He brings the sheep in, or brings David in. When David comes into the house." Um, Samuel puts the horn of oil, the ram's horn of oil over his head. The oil flows. He says, this is him. Behold. I need some of y'all to type behold because you're about to run into your David this year. And I'm not just talking about dating. No, this is bigger than dating. I'm talking about the people in your circle that are the fits for you. People that you're not going to have to explain how to be a good friend to you. They're going to come in and know what to do. Come on. Come on. Type behold. Behold. This is going to be your behold year. Your next 12. Behold, there you go. There you go. Guess what? Um, so David, though, struggles with several things throughout his life. And you see it in his relationship decisions. He struggles with rejection because his father rejected him. David and, and his brothers had different moms. That's why David said he was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. They were a blended family. Nobody wanted to talk about it, though. There was tension between him and his brothers. His brothers always thought he was doing too much, yet they needed him to do it. Hmm? Have you ever noticed that the people who accuse you of doing too much are the people who benefit from what you do? Like I, I have had people, I, I have had um, relatives that have, you know, oh, Bishop this, Bishop this, Bishop this, Bishop this. But you, you literally are eating off of, you eating off of what I do. Huh? <laughs> it's quiet. Like you literally have what you have because of what I do. You literally wouldn't have a pot nor a window if it wasn't for what I, 
have done through the years, right? The ones who are always running their mouths are the ones that need you to do what you do. So his brothers were always, there was always this tension because they had different parents, different moms in particular, um, but the same father. So he struggles with rejection. He struggles with abandonment. At 16, he's taken out of his home and he goes into um, the king's palace to serve the king. Eventually, the king doesn't like him. Um, eventually, the king doesn't like him and Saul begins to try to kill him. So now he's got abandonment issues. Every male, you ready for this? Every male leader that, um, that David has, there's trauma. There's drama. So, so he develops this complex because in his mind, please listen, guys. He says, I want to be different than them. Listen to me and I'm about to die. I'm done. I'm done. I got to go because I've been on here 40 minutes. This is supposed to be 15 minutes. All right. It, uh, uh, listen, every male leader he's ever had, there's conflict. His father rejects him. Saul abandons him. You got me? Um, and so now he finally is taking the throne. And when he takes the throne at age 30, when he takes the th throne at age 30, he only takes Judah at first at 30. And then later on, he takes all of the nation, Israel and Judah, the northern and the southern kingdom. And when he does that, he has a son. One of those sons' name is Absalom. And Absalom was his flesh and blood. And I need you to listen very carefully to me. But Absalom, although it was his flesh and blood, Absalom did not love his father, but his father loved him. Always be careful of the relationships where you love them and they do not love you. The Bible says Samson loved Delilah. It never says Delilah loved Samson. Y'all ready for this? Come on. We out of here. This is the last question. I ain't taking them all. Y'all have sent a bunch of questions. I got like a million questions down here now. I can't take any more. I got to finish with this one. Um, and what ends up happening? What ends up happening? Somebody says, I missed it. Yes, you got to watch the replay. So what ends up happening has this son called Absalom. Absalom doesn't love his father. Absalom loves the fact that he's in the palace. He loves being a prince. And here's what the Bible says. Absalom stole the hearts of the people, the Bible says. So when people were going to the palace to meet with David, Absalom, listen, he, this, this is so good to me. He would stand outside of the palace to intercept people from going to David and saying, listen, you don't need to talk to my father. I'm a prince. You can talk to me. You don't need to talk to Jaffe Jafar. You can talk to me. I'm a king, right? You got what I'm saying? You do not need to go to him. Let that be a lesson. Watch out for people who are always, there's a reason that they want to be around you. What I've learned how to do is social media will tell you a lot. And the Lord shows me things um, that I don't even be trying to see. Like, Lord, I don't even want to see that. I don't even care. I do not care. But, but, but it can show you a lot. Paying attention to people can show you a lot. Um, because they were always trying to intercept. Absalom intercepted the people before they went to David. And the Bible says they stole the hearts. He stole the hearts of the people. Wow. Right? He stole the hearts of the people. So people started saying, listen, I like this Absalom. I like this Absalom. I like this Absalom. Why do they want to be around you? I had to learn as a leader. There were people who sometimes just wanted to be around me because they wanted to be around power so that they could be powerful when they were not in my presence. So they could go around and leverage and jockey the seat. Well, I can get you this. I can get you this. I got access. I got this. I got that. And you got to be careful if you're the person of power that you don't have people around you who just want to be around power because it'll make them think they are the power. All right. That's a whole nother message for a whole nother day. All right.
So check out what ends up happening is one day Absalom has a coup. Absalom over Absalom. What happened in America on the sixth? That's what Absalom did. That mess that happened at the Capitol in America. That's what Absalom did to David. He overthrew. But the difference was he actually there was no whatever that officer's name that stopped them from taking the Senate. Um, there was not. There was Eugene Goodman, I think was his name. There wasn't that. Literally, Absalom overthrows his father's kingdom. And David's on the run. Do you not know that when you read a lot of the Psalms where David's talking about my enemies came after me, to even, do you not know he's talking about his son? A lot of the Psalms that David writes, he's on the run. Some of those from Saul, some of those from his own son, Absalom. Because Absalom don't only wants his kingdom. He doesn't only want his seat. He wants his father's significance. God, that's a whole, this is a whole word, right? I got to quit. Okay, a lot of those psalms we read are about him talking about Absalom. So you read it talking about, oh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's talking about his son in many of those psalms. Right? His flesh and blood is doing this. Are you getting what I'm saying? All right. And so what ends up happening is that um, Joab, one of David's mighty men, they end up taking the kingdom. Uh, or excuse me, not taking the kingdom. David's on the run. David's got his mighty men. They're on the run. And as they are on the run, what ends up happening is Joab, they end up getting to Absalom. Um, uh, David said, don't kill him. Joab was like, I'm finna smoke this ninja. He finna die today. Do you see what he's done to you? We've built the great, it's like Nino Brown. We had a million dollar week operation and it's nothing. Like, like Joab was like, no, this, no, we finna, he's about to go. We, he's about to get got. Right, Joab gets to him. Joab doesn't kill him because Joab was under direct orders from the king not to kill him. But Joab has 10, 10 young men. He says, y'all get him. Y'all get him. They got him. They got him. And um, they come back. Joab comes back. And the people are rejoicing. The, young, the men are rejoicing. We won. We got the kingdom back. And David says, listen what David says. Tell me of the lad. Is he alive? And Joab was like, no, that man ain't dead. I mean, no, that man ain't alive. That man is gone. That man is dead. If you're from Memphis, we don't say man, we say man. That man is dead. Dead. Right? And guess what happens? David begins to weep. And David begins to cry. He cries so loud. He get, listen, I want y'all to see me. He advocates his seat. He gets off the throne. David gets off of the throne. And David begins to weep. David begins to weep. And he says, oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son. Wait a minute. This dude had a coup. He took the kingdom, messed with your women. Got it? It's in your bed. Somebody's sleeping in my bed. Yes. Like, what are you talking about? Oh, Absalom. Oh, Absalom. Because Absalom, to this question, but I have a heart for him. But I love him. He's my son. Oh, I love him. This is my friend. This is, this is, nobody understands him like I do. You're right. You're the only one to understand that mess. Come on, guys. I'm stretching you. I'm stretching you. And David, we, you know what Joab said? How dare you? Joab said, you ready for this? Here's the line. You love, here's Stockholm Syndrome. You love those that hate you. This is Bible. And you hate those that love you. All right, let me give you the scripture for that. 
Let me pull that up for you. I think that's uh, that's Second Samuel nineteen. Second Samuel nineteen. Y'all type that on the screen. You love those who hate you, and you hate those that love you. And Joab said, "If you don't stop this crying, we're gonna kill." Look, look. You thought Joab was gonna get you. You thought Absalom was gonna get you. We're gonna get you. Right. And so I say to those of you who say, um, don't be so hasty to judge. Sure, you don't want to be hasty to judge, but realize there's a difference between being judgmental and, and inspecting fruit. And we're going to talk about that in tomorrow night's message and Sunday's message. Listen, guys, I love you. If this blessed you tonight, so into it. How can you do it? Use the cash app, Bishop Form with the number one. If you're connected to the Harvest, you can go to harvestchurch forward slash give. All right. I pray you guys have an amazing night. I enjoyed this time with you. I mentioned on Sunday I was going to be doing a preseason show uh, for my show, Bishop Unfiltered, uh, talking about Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, and I'm going to be doing that. I decided I wanted to make it really cool. So I'm going to record. I'm going to record. We're going to record it, do a whole lot, a lot of stuff to it. So we'll be doing that really soon. So just wanted to come in. I pray you guys have an amazing night. Uh, let's have an all night Q&A party soon. Listen, I'm game. All right. Bless you. How do I know? How do I know that things like this bless you? To be honest with you, when you sow, when you sow, I know that it blesses you um, and we're blessed to be a blessing. All right. So you can do that. I pray you guys have an amazing night. Let me cover your sleep. Father, I pray for everybody watching, even those on the replay. I pray they sleep well. I pray, God, that you reveal the milk, the wine and the poison that's in their lives. In Jesus name. Amen. One of the things uh, my mother um, um, did and does amazingly well is when we were kids, we would always go around and we'd always say, I love you. And even to this day, I, I speak to my mother every single day. And uh, there's not a time we get off the phone, even if it's a quick conversation, even if, even if it's an intense conversation, there's not a time we get off the phone and don't say, I love you. So I say to you all, I love you tremendously. Have an amazing night. Air hugs to everybody. Shalom to you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.